Welcome to the Dog House. I'm Diana. And I'm David. It's Riverdale Season 4, Episode 17, Wicked Little Town. As a menacing and musical new normal takes shape in Riverdale, Betty helps Jughead restore order, and Kevin fights for his place in the spotlight. So we're back after a month. Good God. And it's the musical episode. Yay! Okay, so we go through this every year. Some people super fucking hate the musical. Some people really fucking love the musical. To me, it depends on what they do with it. I was meh on Carrie. I loved the Heathers. And I'm very middle of the road on this one. I'm very meh on this whole whole decision. I mean, you'll know last week we released our Macintosh and Mod Haven't Seen What on this feed about the movie. Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Which was very pro the movie. Love it. Love the movie. The first chance we have the opportunity to see the musical, we're going to take it. Because I definitely want to see the stage musical. Yeah. I found Kevin's comment. Hedwig is not a niche musical comment. Total bullshit. It's like, this is so fucking niche. Oh, it's so niche. It's beyond niche. It's only recently, recently become more popular. And that is because of the Broadway musical with stars like Neil Patrick Harris. It's the only reason it's gotten as much notice as it has recently. Not to mention, it. it's always been intended to be niche. Like... There, there is a very specific reason and story that it's telling. Mm-hmm. It's not meant for everyone. It's a beautiful story. It's but a beautiful story. I would love it to be seen by everybody, but it is not meant for everybody. Exactly. And that's okay. They just, they way overplayed their hand on the, this is a musical for a generation. It means so much. It was like, not for this generation at all. Um, They did one thing really right. I like when they have Kevin trying to sell this musical to Honey. It's like, yeah, we get crisis after crisis and we're numb, but we're also screaming inside. That is fucking accurate as hell. And I do think that does speak to one of the things that's happening in Hedwig for sure, particularly with the touchstone of the Berlin Wall. However, if you don't know Hedwig, you have no fucking idea. No. Where they also screwed up with this episode is that all of their marketing was that this is all about Kevin. Oh, this man. episode is not fucking about Kevin. Really no. He he does get to shine as a performer. Kind of? Uh, he gets to shine as a performer. I, I think he does. Um, And he gets more screen time than I think he has in the entire fucking series in this one episode. It's true. And Casey Cott's great. He's so talented. But Casey, you need to leave the show. <laughs> I have some odd sports opinions. I don't think he's the best singer in this episode. He's not. He's not. But I think he does very well because he had the heart. He had the hardest job. Yeah, of course. Of course. He does a very good job, but they sold this wrong. It's not about Kevin at all. And that's okay. I'm fine with that. But you sold this as being about Kevin and being about Hedwig, and it's not. And the biggest issue is that you wanted to make it all about this musical, and this musical was the absolute wrong choice for this show. You just told a massive plot story between two straight couples mm-hmm. with the absolute queerest musical I've ever seen. Oh, I'm sorry. Did they use their queer characters as props? <laughs> I, did, did they do it again? They did it so many times in this episode that it was enraging. <gasps> That's what made me sour on it as an episode. Sure. The first two thirds of this episode are just like, fucking hate you for doing this to these songs because they're so good. But they turn it around a bit, even though they're still using queerness as a prop through the entire thing by choosing this musical. I knew going into it, I was going to have to divorce myself from that simply from the fact that they have always used their queer characters as props. At least in this episode, they're not purely trauma props, but they're still props nonetheless. That's never going to fucking change in this show. I, I found it very comic when Cheryl sings a line that when I look at where I've been and who I've become, I was just like, you're horrible and you're still horrible. Oh, God. I was like, <laughs> fuck you. I, I found that more humorous than anything else because I don't expect anything. And I don't care for redemption or growth at all because I, I know I'm not going to get it. 
I don't give two shits about anybody who isn't the core four anymore. I know. And it, but I, in, I don't. But until the end of this show, I'm still going to be screaming from the rafters about it. No, no, it's totally fair. Because it deserves to be called out. And it especially deserves to be called out when you make such a big hype and deal about putting this musical on your television sure. show. Well, it's that. And then they also try to use it to bait people into watching the show because it's representation. It's like, Okay, but it's really bad representation. It's so shitty. It's, it's so incredibly horrible. And poor Kevin has we he's been singing the same damn fucking song about like, isn't there a nice gay kid at school? Yeah, me. Like, <laughs> since the very beginning. Yeah. And it's it's sad and and Kevin Keller deserves better. He really truly does. Mm-hmm. I will say that I do love the friendship between him and things. You, I don't see any romance happening between them, and I'm totally fine with that. I would love, I just, I love seeing them be friends, and I love seeing Fangs being like, Kevin, you fucking go for this shit. Do it. Fucking go for it. I loved seeing that. Uh, so, yeah, I think their biggest misstep was that they chose the wrong musical. I've, uh, I think they should have gone with something a little more classic. It's just Hedwig, again, we loved that movie. I love the music. It just wasn't right for this show. It just wasn't. It's no. All right. So let's get into the, the episode proper. We start with Jughead is writing at Pops. And, you know, he's, you know, life's getting back to Riverdale normal. And he's walking home and there's a new videotape waiting for him. And apparently this is the third round of videotapes. And he starts singing Wicked Little Town, which is great. I love that right off the bat, we get a lot of Jughead singing. We do. He's not great on this song. He's not He's not great on this song. But also it, no one is. It's okay, but I like how much singing we get on this because then we cut to Archie getting a tape. He's singing. Veronica gets a tape. Uh, we see Choni. They get a tape and they're watching it on their TV. Then we cut into inside the Not Cooper house. All of them are singing, including Jellybean, Alice, and FP. They're all singing. I lulled so hard at Skeet Ulrich singing. <laughs> Love it. It's great. Uh, <laughs> Then we go, we're inside the Pembroke, and Hiram and Penelope are also singing. It's great. The whole Lodge family nailed this song. Oh, they were perfect. All three of them. Camilla had this song down. Oh, yeah. Camilla can sing musical. Mm -hmm. Presentational style singing is her bread and butter. That girl can sing this. She can't sing any other shit. She needs to stop trying. And once again, the lip sync is so bad. It was really bad on this song. It's so bad. It was really bad. bad We cut over to Pops and we see Kevin and some of the bulldogs and the serpents and they're watching a tape. And then, you know, we we also see um, Kevin's dad, not Sheriff Keller. He's so fucking hot. Oh, what's hot is the second that he stops singing and the whole crew harmonizes behind him. Yeah. Oh. Like, like Kevin, like they're watching the tape and then Kevin turns and looks out the window of Pops and they all turn around and look. It's it's so great. It's, mm-hmm. It looks really great. Oh, oh, and Sweet Pea exists. Sweet Pea's alive and Sweet, he exists. Sweet Pea's like a full-on featured character now. He, well, he doesn't get any lines, but he sings. Yeah, he He's does. There. And then you know, we cut back to... Uh, the Not Cooper house, Betty's looking outside her window and she's singing and Jug comes up behind her singing and, you know, they're in this wicked little town. I thought this was a great way to open this show, this yeah. episode. Good good song choice. It does set the stage for like, yeah, this town is a wicked little town with a lot of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> so perfect. I get that. It's next morning. We're at the Pembroke. Veronica's leaving. She sees Hiram. He's in a t-shirt, which we don't see in the Pembroke very often. He's having breakfast. Veronica's yelling at him like, I thought you were going to the doctors. I'm going, which clearly he's not. Cut over to Hiram is at the El Royale gym and he is struggling with the bench press. He says, little help, little help, little help. And Archie has to help put it back on the rack. He's like, hey, you know, maybe you should calm down, take it easy. And Hiram's like, no. And Archie's like, hey, you know, like, I know, like, with your condition, Veronica told me what's going on. And Hiram's like, clearly, she's mistaken, and she doesn't need to know about this. And Archie's just like, mm-hmm. I guess my only thing about this scene is, like, he's a middle-aged man. He might have trouble with a weight. Like, it could have just been like, <laughs> he could have played this off as like, I just had trouble with a weight. Like, this isn't a big deal. Let's not worry about it. The, the stakes involved with Hiram Lodge do not match up to what they show us. So it's like, there's a way you could no. show us this without it being a problem. Like, I don't know, maybe he's doing squats and he falls. Yeah. 
or or like yeah he just does some something much smaller is like he makes a much he hurts himself much bigger yeah it was just like this is nothing this could happen to any man at Hiram's age yeah it's whatever the whole story's stupid and I date it they have not given us enough stakes on this storyline and (laughs) I still think he's being poisoned anyways uh, we go over to the blue and gold, and Betty has a binder that is color-coded for Jughead. <laughs> she, she has talked to Principal Honey and all of Jughead's teachers on how to catch him up so that he can graduate. Like, why is she doing this? Because she's his girlfriend, no, and she wants him to graduate. Like, just would never fly in any school. Anyways. It is absolutely stupid. I think the justification is, I'm going to Yale, I need you there with me. And Betty is an intense human. (laughs) Betty needs a project. That's what it comes down to. Betty always needs a project. So Jughead gets to write a bunch of essays and book reports to catch up with class. So he has to write a book report on a book. He gets to choose one. He's read read all of them. And he's just, part of him not wanting to do book reports is, what did I just deal with yeah he is defeated and he doesn't want to bother he does not give two shits about any of this no and betty does not care she's like what could be more important and he's just like not this i'm just like seriously at that point you go you know what he's gonna be in riverdale next year you know where he's gonna be you're gonna be at yale y'all can make it work yeah, we'll get we'll get into this a little bit. Later. I know, I know. So we cut over to Jughead at the FBI office talking to Charles, and he's asking for something to do. He's like, I have to do this asinine work. I need something to keep my brain occupied. So can I watch a bunch of the videotape? Can I help you with the videotapes? And Charles is like, sure, because whoever's doing this has been stepping up their game. They're filming a ton more houses. You're so involved in this, my dude. Come on. So... All right. Okay. Well, that gives us a little bit more information. So, uh, so this has been going on for a little bit. So that's good for us as an audience to know they're filming a lot more houses. That's good for us to know that it's not just our people. It's everybody pretty much. Makes sense. And Jughead says, okay, just don't tell Betty. And Charles is like, okay, I won't tell her and I won't bring it up unless she asks me directly. Which is fair. Like, Charles like, I'm not going to lie to Betty about this shit. Because <laughs> he's, you know, weirded out by his serial killer sister. I'm trying to make a serial killer, okay? Mm. So, and Jughead's like, all right, I accept these terms. We'll cut over to Kevin in Principal Honey's office. He is there to turn in a sign-up sheet to him. And Principal Honey's like, okay, this is cool. You know, all of the acts seem pretty benign except for yours you can't do a song from hedwig why don't you do something from oklahoma or carousel which oklahoma and carousel have historically have some very uncomfortable shit in them (laughs) if you've ever actually like watched or read them we did carousel there's a whole line it's like you can be hit and it not feel a thing yeah like spousal abuse it's a whole thing yeah no yeah so yeah, it's like I love that those are <laughs> that's the alternative. Well, and like <laughs> just this whole scene is Honey's right. Honey is a hundred percent correct. He's up. Ab- he's absolutely right. His and tone is bullshit. He's he's just such a hard ass, and he he always the problem with Honey is that he always is a hard ass, and he never he never gives anybody a like a little bit of an inch. That and it's you know he's not. <laughs> He he refuses to like deal with the kids on their own terms. However, these kids are fucking horrible. That's true. And every single other adult just lets them get away with literal murder. So I am on his side on this. It's just like I, his tactic is no, if you do this, this these are your consequences. And he stands by them. Like, I am telling you no. You are openly defying me your administrator and i am telling you what the consequences are that's it the end but i I, you like i respect that like he's still a tool (laughs) there's no doubt about that that's what the bad writing is Mm -hmm. is that they they think well he's such a hard ass that he's making these demands of kevin and literally anybody watching this (laughs) i think even teenagers are like no that seems actually like kind of a normal response to mm-hmm. the situation yeah i 
I think the problem is they've they've written Honey as very one note. And so I think he's our villain. I think I feel like he's our next villain, which is weird. I kind of feel a little torn about it because on the one hand, it's like, okay, I feel like next we're going to get some sympathetic story about it to try to like paint him another light, but we've not gotten anything else about him to give him more dimension, which, no. is, a, which is a problem if he is in fact our next our next big bad. <sighs> but I don't know. It's just it's a problem. It's anyway. stupid. And then we have a song. Yeah. Well, this is Kevin's plea for why this is perfect so this is where we get you know Hedwig's not a niche show yes it is yes this is where he talks about you know we're being relentlessly slammed with crisis after crisis and we sing random number generation and casey does an amazing job with this song he really does his voice is great for this particular song and kj and madeline's voices are phenomenal in their voices i didn't like them very oh, much they're gorgeous they really are. Uh, you know what it is? I hate this song. I don't, I don't like this song either. Their singing on this song is great. I like all the students wearing the, the t-shirts with the numbers on it. Archie is number one. Betty's number two. Veronica's number three. Cheryl is wearing a shirt that says has a red number four, which is very funny. Everyone else's yellow numbers. It hurts is red, of course. And you know, I say I hate the song. I might not hate it in the context of the actual show. Sure. But- I, I, I looked it up because I was like, I don't even remember this being in the movie. And it's like a side number in the movie. You hear a bit of it, yeah. but you don't hear the full song. And that's, again, that's fine. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. It's used well here. It's performed well. I just don't care. No. Like, I just don't care. I just went, voices, it's our generation. I'm like, oh, fuck off. We have to do this every time we do one of these musicals. Yes, we do. I hate it. We do. But it makes sense. Like, here's the thing. He had a thesis and he lined it up well. Like the last time with Heathers, is this how you all really feel? (laughs) This is great. It's (laughs) totally perfect. (laughs) So they finish their song. Archie comes out of the classroom. He's wearing his normal clothes again. So I like that little reality break. And he sees the sign up sheet and he signs up the Archies as a garage band. What? Riverdale. Very, very cute. We come back from a little commercial break and Archie is in his room playing guitar. He breaks a string and he goes up to the garage and he sees the jalopy and then he sees the guitar case with the Fred Heads sticker on it and he opens the guitar case and he sees his dad's uh, electric guitar and he sees the guitar strings. And so it's just he's having that very nostalgic moment. It's very sweet. And so we cut to the music room at school and Kevin's sitting there and Fangus comes in and Kevin tells him, he's like, okay, I'm not doing Hedwig anymore. I'm doing Oh, What a Beautiful Morning from Oklahoma. <laughs> Fangus is like, no, you need to you need to do Hedwig and you need to go rogue to do it. Sure. Okay, great. I love this. It's, I, I, I like this friendship moment. <laughs> you go to the Not Cooper house and Jughead's, you know, shoveling food in his face. And uh, Betty's like... I know you're a good writer, but this sucks. <laughs> it's bad. And he's like, I don't care. <laughs> like, she's just like, there's incomplete sentences and I don't, like, she's basically just saying, like, you phoned this in. Yes. You didn't even try. And Jack has like, fine, I'll go bunker down. So we, go, so we see him go to the bunker and basically he's staring at videos while he's pretending to write. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to do any actual work. No, he doesn't. So we cut to the next day and we're in the doghouse. Hey! And Archie shows up with coffee. And he's like, hey, y'all, let's form a band. <laughs> and Jack is like, I'm not allowed to. I have to do homework. <laughs> to which Betty's like, I think we can take some time off to work in the band. Like, so what's the name? And Archie's just kind of gets that goofy grin. Um, The Archies? To which I love this. Jack is like, was the me, me, me's taken? <laughs> adorable so then we get over the loudspeaker it's kevin uh and we cut to kevin in full hedwig regalia everybody meet in the music room and he has the full berlin wall thing that says honey uh, uh honey go home and on the other side it says with me which i hate nope it's very inappropriate we've already done the storyline with a teacher sleeping with a student it should say honey go home for good or Honey, like, 
you can't tear this wall down or something like I'm fine with the Berlin Wall imagery and saying honey on it, but go home with me is completely inappropriate. Well, it just it undercuts the value of what that symbology meant in the musical. Well, and it also just leans into what honey's problem is with the musical. It's inappropriate. Every single one of these scenes, you're just like, how the fuck do you kids not realize that you're just making his point for him. Like, you're, just, you're doing it. <sighs> Stop digging a hole. So Kevin is walking through the halls. He's singing the song Tear Me Down, which is a great song. And I think Casey does a pretty good job with this. Pretty good. He can't build quite as good as John Cameron Mitchell can. Well, no. I Here's the thing. I adore Casey. I adore the effort he's giving in his performance. Sure. One, the sink is god awful. Yeah. Like, he is not nailing any of the lines on film. And two, it's not that he's bad. He just doesn't quite have the right register and range Mm -hmm. for these songs. Mm -hmm. His voice doesn't quite work for these songs. It's it's a great performance, Mm -hmm. but it's not quite right for him as a singer. So he's got his band. You know, we've got Sweet Pea and Fangs on guitars and Tony's on drums. Kevin kisses Archie, which is fucking adorable. <laughs> That's very good. Archie's reaction to it is precious. It's so cute. Like, he's all for it. He's like, this is amazing. It's so cute. I, I just love it. It's just so sweet. Honey comes in. He's mad, but he does let him finish the song and belt out his last note before he pulls the plug on everything. What the fuck was up with that? Like, if you're going to pull the plug, pull the fucking plug. You know. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so we go over to a slumber party at Betty's. And they have to order pizza at Little Cicero's. Love that bit. That was cute. That's cute. But this scene pisses me off. Why? This shouldn't be Betty's song. It's not Betty's song. What I hate about this is Betty talking about feeling better by putting a wig on. Oh, my God. Is bad form. All of this. The fact that it's not Kevin's song. Here's the thing. It's a slumber party. I'm fine with the slumber party. Again, Musical episode trope. Again, back to Greece. Come on. I'm fine with it. I knew this was going to happen. This was going to be this scene. I knew it the second they said Hedwig. It should have, it shouldn't have started with Betty because of her history with dark Betty. That's the problem. Oh, God. I didn't even think of that. That's the issue I have. I mean, for me, it just the whole thing kept feeling cringe. And I was like, this song more than any of the other upbeat songs in the musical, because we've got a lot of ballads. Yeah. But like in the upbeat kind of showstoppers, this is the one with maybe the most emotional weight. There's a lot going on in this song. I don't think so. I think this one is a little more of like... Maybe it's the suggestion of seeing the movie. But to me, this... I think you're tying this a little bit too much to the movie. I think this one is used well in the show because of how they teed it up. Kevin says like that the thing that hurts the most is that for him doing the variety show made him feel the most like himself. Yeah. Pre-farm Kevin. Yeah. That's what he wants to get back to. So he's not feeling like himself. So this whole sequence is about let's shake it up. Let's, let's put on some makeup, put on a wig, play around. And get back to who we are. Yeah, it just, it reinforces for me not choosing this musical. I 100%. And I fucking (laughs) love this song. The song's great. I know. Uh, Yeah, this is where I cringe at Cheryl singing about where she's been and who she's become. I was like, you were horrible then, you're horrible now. It's like, in no way are you a woman, Cheryl Blossom. No. I love them doing Kevin's makeup. Kevin (laughs) Kevin looks great in drag. He He does. Or Casey Cotta. Keep calling him Kevin. It's gonna it's gonna be a problem for the rest of my life. But also he and this was the one that really stood out. I was like, you cannot sing this song. His solo lines are just mm, it, it irked me. Eh, but Kevin is in the Farrah Fawcett look is the best. <laughs> it's my favorite. And then the bedazzled pajamas are yeah, that just makes me happy. It does. It made me happy. Like, it does undercut, like, the original meaning between the song from the movie and the musical. I get all that. But if you look at it in the context of how they're using it in this episode, I liked it. It's I not the worst crime. It, it was good. Yeah. Oh, and then Vanessa Morgan's singing is fabulous. Yeah. Her, like, Tony's was great. They're all singing fairly well. Like, as the songs went on, it got better. Yeah. And so then at the end... Betty's idea is like, Kevin, we thought, what if all of us sing songs from Hedwig 
as a sign of solidarity, which is a very Betty plucky, like, we're going to band together. Like, I love that coming from Betty. Yeah. That's great. And Cheryl's like, and as the present student body president, I'm going to show the adults who's the boss, basically. Oh, my God. Which I'm just like, so this is where everything gets ruined because <laughs> Cheryl's involved. <laughs> it's Cheryl. So we cut over to Pops and Honey is having some tea. <sighs> and Cheryl and the River Vixens show up to threaten an adult. And they try to shame him into thinking that this song is appropriate by singing Sugar Daddy in the most, <laughs> which is, okay, in the movie, it is a very sexual song, and it's fabulous. Sugar Daddy? Sugar Daddy? It's cool, it's a sexual song. Sugar Daddy is an amazing song. I fucking love it. It's, it's great. Fabulous. It's also, also blatantly sexual. The way they do it in this is also fabulous. I love it. Cheryl and Tony singing it, they're phenomenal. However, again, they prove their point. He even says it. You just proved my point. This is highly sexualized, which then Cheryl says, how queer phobic of you. Oh, man. Which made me go, die in a fire. I wanted to throw my phone mm. because of how terrible that line is. I'm like, you're going to preach that bullshit after all you've pulled? Oh. Like, I'm sorry. No. People don't like you because you're a bitch, not because you're queer. God, I hate I, I hate this writer's room. Yeah, I hate it I hate so them. much for this shit. Yeah. No. Like I again, I have lots of things I like about this show and I will continue to watch it, mm -hmm. but damn they make it hard sometimes. Yeah. No, I yeah. And so she's like, So what are you gonna do? What what would she says, you know, okay, well all the students are gonna sing Hagwood, what are you gonna say about that? And Honey just says, Well, I would say that any student who performs a song from Hedwood will be banned from senior prom. To which Cheryl's just like, <gasps> and <laughs> so I, reasonable. And then I love, I love that he does this. Then Principal Honey says, "Well, as you would say, Miss Blossom, toodles." And he leaves. Thank Ooh. you, a fucking Ooh. adult, a fucking adult who's not scared of these children. You are fucking children. <laughs> An adult set a rule, and they're gonna make you abide by it. Like <laughs> these are the rules. Again, he he is. Way over the line of what a normal no administrator so. of how an administrator would act around them. I don't think so. I feel like administrators would give it at least a little bit more leeway for a discussion. No, not after look look at how they behave. Like we're towards the end of the year. Look at how they behave. No, there's no discussion, Miss Blossom. God, wouldn't it be great if we just have like three episodes where like. All of the consequences come home to roost for them. And yeah. it was like, hey, by the way, y'all are fucking awful. Yeah. <laughs> so I I mean, I'm fully on Honey's side here. Like old lady talking, but I am on Honey's side in this episode. I'm like 90% on his side. There's about 10% like, where I'm like, you, you don't have be, to be an ass. You could be less of a jerk, but also the way they all came on talking to him was so strong and oh, rude. Man. Like they didn't even start with trying to be nice about it. They just started out being mean. And so it's like, no, I'm on his side. <laughs> we cut on over to the El Royale. Archie's working out. He His phone is ringing. He's ignoring it. Phone's ringing. Finally, he, he looks at it and Veronica has been calling him constantly. So we come over to his room at his house, and Veronica's there. Apparently, Hiram got hurt, and she was finally able to get him to a doctor and time, and he's going to be able to get better. And so Archie tells her about what happened with the bench press, and Archie's like, I don't think he's been going to the doctor as much as he says he is. To which Veronica freaks out, why didn't you tell me? To which Archie has clearly learned some things. <laughs> when Hiram Lodge tells you to mind your own business, you shut up and you mind your own business. It's true. And she is furious at him. Absolutely furious at him. Here's the thing. On the one hand, mm -hmm. it's an overreaction. Absolutely. On the other hand, it's an understandable overreaction. I understand why she's mad. Yeah. She does not get to be mad at Archie, but I understand why she's mad at yeah, Archie. It's not Archie's fault. But she's freaking out. It's her father, who he she does care about. He didn't do anything wrong. No, but yeah. he's going to take yeah. the brunt of it. So then we cut down to Jughead's watching videos, and Betty has shown up with food and probably sex. Um, <laughs> she said, I came down for a study break. I assumed that meant sex. And he's just like, fuck. And they start fighting. And she's like, I'm trying to make sure you graduate so that we have a future. I'm like, are you his mom? 
Jughead's like, um, and what future are we not together? Betty says, I'm going to New Haven in a few months. That's happening. Where are you going? Jughead says, I was just going to be your dorm husband. <laughs> and, and she's just like, well, I- I'd prefer that over this dead end Jughead. So like there's a big disconnect between the two of them. We needed probably a solid episode of seeing Jughead like dissociating and like, not wanting to do anything. We needed an in-between episode of Archie not telling Veronica shit. We needed to see the disconnect between the two couples starting to happen before we got to this point. Just a smidge. Just a smidge. It didn't, rather, have, to, didn't have to be anything big. Rather than just throwing it at us in the musical. Well, well, again, we've been on hiatus for a month. Yeah. And we just solved Jughead's murder. I know. Which was great. But then we instantly get into this. And now I do love... Jughead's always taken everything in stride for the most part. Yeah. Like, except for when he was, like, a gang leader. He's just, like, <laughs> nothing really bothers him. Pen- Penny, Penny Peabody got to him, but, yeah, you know. that's fair. It's totally fair. <laughs> uh, pound of flesh. But, like, Jughead almost died. And the stakes were really real. And he's still suffering the consequences of that. And I like that Jughead is suffering. He's coming unglued. And he's been one of our most steadfast characters throughout this whole series. Yeah. But, and so is Betty, but we've seen Betty go up and down. But now Jughead's the one who's starting to waver. I love it. Mm-hmm. It was about time. This is a good point for Jughead to come unglued. So everyone starts throwing shit and yelling, and they're singing sewn up at each other with they're yelling. So um, unfortunately, KJ can't sing this song. But guess who fucking can? Jughead. Cole, Cole fucking Sprouse. Cole Sprouse can sing this song. He has the range and the voice for these songs. From this point on, every time I heard Cole sing, no. I was like, wow. No, he sucks in Origin of Love. I think he sucks in that song. This song, he sounds great. But see, to me, he captured the John Cameron Mitchell tone. Like, everybody else is just trying to sing, but he is, like, getting the point, the emotional point of those songs. Because mm. to me, these songs... You don't necessarily have to sing them that great, but you do have to you have, find you have the to, emotion yeah. behind it. Yeah. And yeah, KJ just, this one wasn't, this this one he couldn't do. Betty leaves the bunker, Veronica leaves Archie's house, and they're mad at each other. Yeah. We got on over to the school. Honey's in his office and Miss Bell comes in. She's like, uh, Mr. Honey, you need to come into the hallway. We've got an issue. <laughs> he walks in the hallway and it's just filled with a bunch of students dressed as Hedwig. And Kevin says this is a peaceful protest. Oh, God. Which is stupid. Although, right behind him is is Reggie. It's like, uh, I will uh, weaponize these guns. <laughs> and if you if you try to make something happen, I'm going to weaponize these two. I love, I love Reggie. <laughs> uh, I've missed him. He, he, hasn't, he hasn't been in this season very much because he was filming Bad Boys for Life. Yeah, Charles, yeah. Charles Melton. Charles Melton is precious. Uh. And Principal Honey says, you know, this stuff leads to irrational decisions and violence. And so I think the only prudent thing to do is to cancel the variety show. And then he walks back to his office. This dude is not stupid. He's not going to be threatened by a bunch of teenagers. Yeah, he... The problem is, and this is how they've embodied the character and why they're signaling him as a villain, is that he also relishes it. Like, you can see him kind of taking some pleasure in being like, cool, I'll up the stakes. That's where he is a jerk. Yeah, well, like the thing that he did with Reggie's car. Yeah. Yeah, he enjoyed that. He, He enjoys- He enjoys the power he has over these kids. He does. Sure. But this is the correct point. This is the correct move. It's like, you think you're going to intimidate me by dressing up and thinking that you're going to get your way? Fuck this shit. I'll cancel it. Bye. <sighs> and that's fine. And, you know, and of course, in the end, they get their way. But still, so did he. He got his way, too. Yes. So, I, so you know, he still won. So we cut on over to the garage, the Andrews garage, and Betty shows up. And Archie's like, oh, no, I forgot to tell you rehearsals canceled. Me and Veronica got, got into a fight. But he's like, yeah, me and Jack had gotten. He's like, oh shit, you know, this isn't this isn't what I wanted. I want us to have fun. Remember when we had fun? But he's like, we had fun when we ordered the sea monkeys out of the comic book. So cute. And Archie's like, that was in the first grade. We peaked in the first grade. <laughs> so cute. Like that was so 
I love these two together. They they okay. I will say this last half is one of the best things they've ever done in this fucking show. They suddenly figured something out with this. This they planned everything around this, right? I, they planned this whole episode around this point. I'm okay with that, but they needed to. Uh, they needed. They should have dropped all the Kevin shit instead. Oh my god! They they something else should have happened. And again, different musical. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they're, they're talking about singing and Archie talks about the talent show from season one. And we get we get a flashback to Fred. <gasps> I was like, damn it, show the feelings and and, and little baby KJ, little baby KJ. And uh, we just get that reiteration that like once Fred smiled at him, he could do anything and just like, oh, he was so proud of you. Oh, the feelings, the feelings. I hate you. <laughs> fuck, fuck you. Fuck you. Riverdale. Don't make me cry. And so, basically, like, let's rehearse. And so, they start singing The Origin of Love, which is a gorgeous song. And I love that they got to do it, and they do it so well. Well, so KJ, he doesn't have the voice for, like, the full Hedwig songs. He has the voice for Tommy. His voice sounds a lot like Stephen Trask singing for Tommy Gnosis. Like, it's gorgeous. It, it's really good. They, they sing so well. They sing this so well. I hate Betty's outfit. I just have to say that. Yeah, well. So they're singing great, and then we cut to Veronica, and she's singing a verse, and we get to see this flash of Archie. I hated it because it didn't feel like it fit the tone of what they were going for. It was a little too cheesy. But, you know, she's great. She's great. And then we, you know, Jughead sings his verse, and he sings the bit about Thor splitting everyone in two. He cannot sing this. He he sings this horribly, and then he's throwing shit in the bunker, and then he gets back to work. And like, I don't buy any of this from Jughead. See, I loved it. I thought his this was horrible. I really liked it. I thought it fit. And so we cut back to Betty and Archie, and they're dancing around the the microphone, and we see flashbacks from them from season one, episode one, them at the dance. We see their kiss in the car at the Black Hood, and then. They start making out. Ha, ha, ha. And it is hot. Here's the thing. I understand why people would want to keep Bughead and Varchie together. Sure. And like in a certain frame, in a certain type of show, you could just keep those relationships going. Sure. And figure out conflict the other way. Mm-hmm. But this had to happen. At some point in this show, it had to finally fucking happen. So we cut to what's probably the next day. Betty is in her room. She's staring at, there's a picture of her and Jughead at the dance. And then we see a picture of her and Archie like laying down. Jughead shows up and he's got a brand new Salem Witch Trials report. All nice and perfect. Proofread and MLA formatted. Wow, what a throwback. Yeah. And then, you know, we cut over to Archie's room and Veronica's shown up with, you know, cookies from Pops. And she's like, you know, you deserve a real apology. I got Hiram to a doctor, and we've moved the variety show to the speakeasy, so now the Archies can perform because the show must go on in our wicked little town, <laughs> which is, okay, whatever. And Archie's just like, ah, oh, boy. And Betty is sobbing when Jughead leaves. She's not sobbing. Oh, she cries. She cries, but she's not sobbing. Like, okay, she's fine. just like, I don't know what to do. Yeah, no. And so as soon as Veronica leaves, Archie punches his punching bag. <laughs> And then he goes to the window and he sees Betty and he puts his hand up on the window and Betty puts her hand up on the window because they can see each other. Yeah. And Archie starts singing the Wicked Little Town reprise. Again, Tommy Gnosis. Tommy Gnosis. Oh. And then we see Archie's, we push in on Betty's hand and Archie's hand goes on top of hers. And then we pull into Betty's room. They're both wearing the costumes from S1E1, the dance, where she told him she loved him. I wasn't and, ready. And I was not, I was ready. not ready. Their hair, everything. They are dancing. They are singing. We are getting a little bit of those flashbacks. And they're, ugh, it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever done on this show. It was it, really fucking here's good. The thing, here's the thing. They fucking earned this. Yeah. They have all of the emotional Wait, and here's all the people who are pissed about this. Here's the thing. Like, why would they do this? Here's what's going on. Shit is hard. (laughs) Shit is fucking hard for Betty and Archie. 
And now their relationships, that they do genuinely love their people. They do. Archie genuinely has been in love with Veronica. Betty's genuinely been in love with Jughead. But they, things have gotten really fucking hard. And they can see where things are separating. Where they are not solid anymore. Betty is going away. Veronica is going away. They can see that. And I can see where Archie and Betty are looking at each other and going, I have always loved them. And it's easy. It's simple. Not, and I don't love them less. It's like, but there's something about, I have history. I'm safe with you. I love you. And there's something so uncomplicated about being with you. Betty has always, in some sense, had to make Jughead a project. Because Jughead is Jughead. Betty always needs a project. Sometimes that's been Jughead. Yeah. And sometimes Jughead fucking needed it. True. But Archie has never been that way for her. No. Archie's just Archie. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's just like, you cannot do this without putting these two together at some point. Again, maybe they break up in five seconds, and then it goes back to the old way somewhere down the line. But like, this had to happen. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm fine with that. And like, you know, I've, I've seen, you know, I haven't read too much online, but it seems like, you know, they're cheating. They're cheating. I'm like, yes, they're what they're doing is wrong. And I can also like, you, they have to tell their people. It's like, yes, they do need to come clean about it. But I also kind of understand like, they don't know what this is yet. No. And okay, this scene that we're seeing does isn't actually happening. No, this it's is, in their head. It's in their head, which is also not great. <laughs> That's called emotional cheating. But I'm also kind of like, what does the kiss mean? If it doesn't actually mean anything, then they still need to tell their people, but they need to tell their people that it doesn't mean anything and why it happened. They need to be able to articulate that because otherwise it's just going to cause more problems. And they're kids. They're also children. Just let them be fucking teenagers and mess shit up. So there's that, but I love it. So we go over to the speakeasy and... They're singing Midnight Radio, which is great. They do a good job on it. Why are the Archies headlining, though? I don't think they are. <sighs> they're the last act of the night. They Well, because they're the Archies. I just... And it's Veronica's fucking club, and she's in the Archies. Well, that's fair. So... I guess for me, it was... This was, like, the biggest nail in the coffin on the Kevin thing. Yeah. Of, like, fucking really... So the Archies get the last laugh, and then Kevin is in the back playing keyboard. Kevin should have been singing Midnight Radio to everybody. Please. With the Archies like backing him up. Yes. That would have been, I would have loved that. I would have been comfortable with us seeing the Archies, but the Archies not being the feature and Kevin getting to close out the oh show. Oh my God, put Kevin in the the Hedwig final makeup with the cross. Oh, that would have been beautiful. Do it. That would have been great. But no. So they sing, it's great, and then they go outside, and they're singing on the roof. They go full Empire Records. <laughs> they do, which is fine. Also, I love, we do get a shot of Reggie in there, who is drunk off his ass. Yeah, he's just party Reggie. <laughs> they're all just having a good time. I yeah. thought that was cute. It's cute. Um, and so as we get towards the end, Jughead kind of starts disassociating, and he sees, he's looking at the crowd, and he's seeing all the people who are filming with like video cameras and their cell phones. And we get this narration. There's a problem that comes once you get caught up on your homework. Your mind wanders and evil creeps in. And so we cut to him back in the bunker and he's starting to look at video. We watch a video and there's somebody in the woods who's dressed like him wearing a Jughead mask, a Jughead cartoon mask. And they're breathing really heavy. And then someone comes up behind him in a Betty mask and bludgeons the Jughead with a rock. And then smiles into the camera with the rock. Riverdale. Hot theory. What? This is in Jughead's head. No. Hmm. That buddy is Ethel. Uh, what? Yeah. Fucking what? Do you have insider information? (sighs) That she's coming back on the show? I know she's coming back on the show. Oh, for fuck's sake. Which I only know that because of a, a picture that was released recently. I was like, why the fuck would you ever come on this show again? You need to run the fuck away from the show. And then when I was watching it, I was like, that person has a bow on. That's fucking Ethel. (laughs) That's fucking Ethel. Who the fuck would do this? This is fucking Ethel. Okay. Going to throw this out there. Okay. Ethel has gone full serial killer wacky. Mm -hmm. I could roll with it. 
it's terrible. But from a from a television perspective, it's not the worst idea. Okay, in the world. so after this, we're supposed to have supposed to have five more episodes. Yeah, we don't know that we're actually getting those. Uh, yeah, uh, because be, because because of the coronavirus. Because. The universe we live in now. Uh, we know production got shut down after they completed 19. The season might get cut short after episode 19 airs. Nothing's been announced. As of the recording of this, episode 18 has been pushed to not airing until April 29th. We don't know. So that's greatly going to affect what happens with this season. What gets revealed and the pacing. And then that's definitely going to affect what happens next season. Are they going to take the same things, the same scripts and push them? They Like, what are they going to do? How are they going to retool it? So my thinking is, because I could see a world in which Ethel is the one behind the tapes. Yeah. I could see her playing board AV geek and then recreating tapes and recreating crimes and Black Hood shit as a way to deal with her trauma and all of that crap. But taking things too far. Oh, God. I, I to- like, who are we dealing with here? Well, but also, so we've got her former mind control crew in prison. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's been talking to Chicken Evelyn. Maybe Charles has a beat on her. I, I don't. I could see Charles having a beat on her. I could see that being a factor. I could also see Ethel just recreating these crimes as a pure red herring. Yeah. And I would actually kind of, I really kind of hope that's the case, that they really just brought her back to distract us from the real villain, who I still believe is honey. But that's in this, in that creepy video with those fucking masks, which they're totally going to sell at Halloween this next year. Like, just watch for it. It's happening. (laughs) I guarantee you that's Ethel in that video. (sighs) Guarantee. It. But who did she murder? Who did she quote unquote murder? I don't think it really matters. Some boring AV person. We'll find out. So it's really hard for me to be able to focus on prediction just because our like I don't know. Do we have one episode? Do we have two episodes? It's kind of hard to know because the pacing affects the the game here. We can just guess. We don't we don't have a lot of we 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 kind of just gotta ride this season out and figure it out from there. Sucks. But yeah, we do have a preview for next time. Let's go watch that. Archie and Betty in the bunker. Okay. Yep. Since I heard this title, mm-hmm. I've been stoked for this episode. Yeah. And I don't think they're going to give me exactly what I want. No. No. Obviously, mm-hmm. but the idea of putting something in called Lynchian, yeah, suggests that they're gonna get fucking weird. Oh, sure. I mean, I'm fine with that. I think that also plays into my theory about Ethel. Oh, yeah, yeah, videos, the videos, creepy videos, sure. creepy videos. So, and the recreation, all like imitating the art, imitating life, imitating art. So I think that's going to be happening. Ooh, there's going to be a film club. There's going to be a film club happening. Well, and I got to say, something in the way that Archie and Betty are talking in the bunker has a little Twin Peaks vibe to it. It does, but I think that could just be clever editing. It could be. For the trailer, which which is good marketing. Like, part of me has always just wished, like, just one episode, get weird with it like Mm -hmm. that. Have things go super sideways for these characters and go weird. Have them do the full acting bit, the full weird presentational abstract acting idea mm-hmm. and like see where it takes you as a as a cast and stuff, because then you can always loop it back around to real life at the end. Sure. But, you know, of course, they're not going to give that to us because mm-hmm. they're not that smart. No. But I feel like we're going to at least get some references here and there to to what David Lynch does. I just hope they expose more of the aim of the videotapes. There's something much deeper there, and you know you could you could be completely right that it's a red herring. I'm leaning towards that Ethel is connected to the bigger plot in some way, even if she's not fully aware of it. Ooh, way to connect it to Honey as the big bad. Honey is the one. Okay, so I just said like AV Club, all that crap. There's a film club, and Honey is in charge of it because it also leads to the another thing that I know about that was a random weird behind the scenes picture that Kurt Smith posted on Instagram. 
But I don't think it's so much a spoilery. It's just one of those random things that he posted. Now it's a spoiler. Okay, well, I'll just say it. He posted a picture of this really giant remote control and said, you should see the TV that goes with this thing. And then he posted a picture of the TV and it's an old school TV. So you should see the remote that goes with this TV. (laughs) And it was and it was for episode 19, which is titled Killing Mr. Honey which is mm. the one that Major Amick is directing. Well, he's got to have a big TV to watch his creepy videotape. His creepy videotape, absolutely. So that's, yeah, so I think that would work. And that would connect him and Ethel. And that would work. That'd be great. See, I connected it all. I fixed everything. <laughs> I'm a genius. <laughs> Here's the thing. It probably didn't happen that way, but not because you were wrong. Because you were too right. I was too right. <laughs> I was too right. Knowing that's, this show. That's my problem. I'm too right about things. With this fucking show, yeah. Yeah. You know better than they do what needs to be happening. Okay, but like I'm going to call this episode like on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being like, this is fucking the shit. Which, like, there might be, like, one episode that I feel that way about. I don't even know what that is. Well, there might be one episode <laughs> that, that that comes close. I would rate this at, like, a six. Because there's a lot of bullshit, but those last 20 minutes, I'm like, this is some good stuff. Oh, there's a musical episode? Yeah. Yeah, they have some... They, they, there's they, some good shit that pays off. They paid off some really amazing stuff, especially bringing Betty and Archie together. Mm-hmm. I just... The emotional payoff was really good. But all of the bullshit that they threw down <gasps> to start with, every time, every time we say it, it's just so unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Like, again, I, I have seen stuff where it is problematic and you have to reckon with it, and sometimes... I can get behind it personally because I go, you know what? You're serving a purpose talking about this. And maybe you didn't deal with it in the right way, but you got the point across. Mm-hmm. But all of this is just so fucking needless. Yep. And therefore, it is careless to put it in television. Yep. It's just, it's fucking lazy and I hate it. And until the show is done, I feel like it needs to be called out because otherwise nobody's going to fix it. Oh, agreed. Because this isn't the only show that pulls this shit. I know. They just do it a lot. <laughs> we're the most angry about it. It's, it's the only one we're watching and talking about. So True. And there are other shows that we've thought we've we've openly talked or people said, like, you should talk about this show. And it's like, no, we're already angry about this show. I don't want to be angry about that one, too. <laughs> I'm already angry enough about this bullshit. No angry. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, until next time. Hashtag Go Bulldogs. Thanks for listening. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.